Welcome to another Sunday morning sermon from Marysville Christian Church. We're glad you're here joining us on this journey to learn more, love more, and look more like Jesus. We invite you to grab a cup of coffee and a Bible as we dive into God's Word. Have you ever wanted to say, but God, that's just not fair? If we were in a court of law, we'd stand up as a lawyer and say, Your Honor, I object. That's kind of the number one issue for Habakkuk, that Old Testament prophet. He just didn't understand why God didn't do what he thought he should do. You can see that in the passage in Habakkuk chapter 1. How long, O Lord, do I have to call out for help? Here's the key phrase. When will you listen to me? I cried out to you about the violence, but you did nothing. In a nutshell, that was Habakkuk's beef with God, all summarized in one. It doesn't seem like you care, God, so your will's hard for me to handle. It doesn't seem like you're doing anything, so your timing's hard for me to get used to. And it doesn't seem like what you are doing is really fair, so I'm questioning your judgment. And that kind of describes that roller coaster ride of belief that every Christian has, that crisis of faith where we start out at our point at a low point with faith, we reach out to God, we make that climb upward, we start doing things that honor God in our life, we start bringing our life into obedience to Him, and things are going really well, and we get this spiritual high that we get to experience. And yet, slowly and eventually, all of a sudden, we've hit that first roller coaster hill and we start to slide down toward a spiritual slump, a sense of depression, if you will, where all of a sudden it's harder to pray because we're not seeing instant answers to those prayers. People that used to encourage us don't necessarily always remember us or it feels like we're forgotten or maybe we struggle with guilt from the sin that we're still trying to let go of and we slide down into that spiritual slump of depression. At that point, James would say this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials, knowing that your perseverance and your endurance will lead you to a greater maturity or perfection. But it's hard to bounce off the bottom hit bottom, and, and, and find your way back up to the top again. How do you deal with those spiritual slumps? How do you keep on enduring when things aren't working? Habakkuk shares some things with us this morning that I think will be key to surviving our own crisis of faith, that spiritual slump. It's found today in Habakkuk chapter 2. Why don't you join me in the reading of that? In the first three verses. He says, I will stand like a guard on the watchtower. I will wait to see what the Lord will say to me. I will wait to learn how God will answer my complaint. And then the Lord answered me. He said, write down the vision clearly on a stone so that anyone can read it quickly. It's not yet time for the message to come true. If you think it's slow in coming, wait for it. It may seem like a long time. But be patient and wait for it, because you will surely see it happen. It will not be delayed. That's Habakkuk 2, 
verses 1 through 3. And that's the first thing of how do you survive a spiritual slump. The first thing he would tell us to do is stop. Stop what we're doing. Stop the complaining. Stop the whining. I know it's hard for me to do. Stop and listen. He says, I will wait to see what the Lord will say to me. Now, God speaks in a number of different ways, and it's evidence throughout Scripture. At one point in time, He would speak audibly. It wasn't always easily understood, but God spoke audibly, sometimes to the prophets, sometimes to a crowd when He would say about Jesus, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to Him. Some thought it was thunder. God speaks through Scripture as well, but God also speaks through Jesus. God also speaks through His Holy Spirit. He speaks through the wisdom and counsel of godly people who are committed to following Him. And He also speaks through circumstances in our life as well. My goodness, even in the Old Testament, God even spoke through a donkey one day. That may be the reason for our spiritual slump, because we've stopped listening to God. We act like that little kid that covers his ears and says, I'm not listening, I'm not listening, and if I can't see you, if I can't hear you, then maybe you'll go away and leave me alone. Just like that little kid hopes for when you don't like what God's saying. And that's the second point here, is that when God speaks, you may not like what He has to say. It's kind of like Paul's prayer about the thorn in his side. He prayed on three separate occasions, God, take this away. Even Jesus prayed, Lord, Father, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And the same thing was what Paul had to endure as well when God didn't answer his request to remove his thorn in the flesh, whatever it was. Instead, his answer was, my grace is sufficient for you. How do you survive a spiritual slump? Well, the second thing that Hosea or Habakkuk would give us is this. Write down the vision clearly on a stone so that anyone can read it quickly. God wants us to know that He's faithful to His promises. That's why He wants us to remember it. He wants us to make book on it, if you will. He wants us to write it down, let it be part of the official record, embrace it as something that's valuable, and the final word on it. It's not just a matter of luck. So that later on, when it would happen, we wouldn't think that, oh, well, finally, fate played out. Finally, we got lucky. Wow, it's a good thing we finally did the right thing. You see... He wants us to know that when it finally comes to pass and it finally happens, just like he said it would, he wants us to remember that it was because of him, not because of our luck or goodwill, not because of our own wisdom or not because of our skills, not because we finally figured it out. He wants it to be a part of the official record. That's why he would tell Habakkuk, I want you to make a billboard. Make it on a part, part of a rock so nobody will destroy it. Nobody will, it won't blow away. It will always be part of this record. The third thing that he tells Habakkuk about surviving in a spiritual slump is when he simply says, if you think it's slow in coming, wait for it. Don't mistake God's silence for indicating that he doesn't know 
he doesn't care, or he's not at work. God couldn't have been more clear to his servant Moses that he wanted him to lead his people out of Egypt into the promised land, but it took 40 years in the wilderness before they got to where God wanted them to be blessed. God couldn't have been more clear to Joseph that he would be the ruler of his family, but it took the, nearly his whole entire adult life before that finally happened. And God couldn't have been more clear to a guy named Noah what he wanted him to do, but it took a hundred years before the ark was finished and it started to rain and judgment came on a wicked people. God answered Noah's prayer, the cry of the righteous, but it took forever. If you think it's slow in coming, wait for it. God's appointed time is when that will happen. You can't speed it up. You can't slow it down. You can't stop it from happening. He says, it's not yet time for the message to come true, but it will surely happen. What do you do while you're waiting? You keep on serving where you are. For Noah, while he waited for God's promise to come true, he kept on in his obedience in building an ark. What Moses do? He kept on serving and leading God's people where they were in the wilderness. What did Joseph do? Regardless of how the circumstances of his life turned, he kept on serving with character and integrity no matter where it was that he found himself. What do you do while waiting? You keep on serving where you are. Don't assume that just because you're in a spiritual slump, a spiritual desert, that there's no movement or activity of God. Because even in that time, God is still at work in you and on you and through you, whether you see it or not. That's why James says perseverance and endurance brings us to a point of maturity and blessing. How long did Habakkuk have to wait? Well, that's one of the reasons why he says, I want you to write this down on a tablet. It didn't happen until the next generation when God's promises finally came to pass. And that's ultimately the question for us as well, isn't it? When we pray, when we cry out to God, God, how much longer is this going to last? When we're in our spiritual desert, when we're starving spiritually, how much longer is this going to last? In chapter 2, verse 3, listen to how the Living Bible phrases it. But these things I plan won't happen right away. Slowly. Steadily. Surely the time approaches when my vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair, for these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. How do you survive a spiritual slump? You slow down, you listen, you write it down, you make it part of the official record. If you journal, you journal, but you embrace it to be true, and then you just wait. 
sometimes, like in the following song on video, we need to stop, stand still, and let God move. Wasn't she amazing? I was actually finishing up the notes of that earlier today when I heard this little voice upstairs while Claudia was getting ready. She came down and I said, what was that? And she mentioned that she had heard this on a devotional that she'd listened to. And she told me about it. I pulled it up on YouTube, as you can as well later on again if you'd like. 
And as I heard that, I just sat back in my chair and I shook my head. Well, I guess that needed to be part of the lesson today. And then I shared with her the verses that I have shared with you about sometimes you just need to wait for God to work. God works behind the scenes when I'm worried about everything in the world. Whether I see it or not, he's still at work. He doesn't need my help. He doesn't need my stamp of approval, as annoying as that is to me. That's why God calls us to walk by faith, not by sight. God is worthy of our trust, even in his silence. Because his silence does not indicate his approval of what's going on that has us so upset and worried. For example, I'll skim through this for you for the sake of time, but here's a summary of what God was really thinking about what was going on in the life of the Babylonian nation that God was going to use to bring judgment on his people. You can find it on your own in Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 4 through 19. But basically, here's what God says, I know what they're doing. I know who they are. In verse 6, Woe to him who piles up stolen goods and makes himself wealthy by extortion. In verse 9, woe to him who builds his own house by cheating others. In verse 12, woe to him who builds a city by killing people and establishes a town by injustice. In verse 15, woe to him who pours out drinks for his neighbors just so he can gaze on their naked bodies. In verse 19, woe to him who says to wood, come to life, or to lifeless stone, wake up. Can these gods give advice? You see, in God's time, there will be justice. God will judge the thieves, the cheaters, the violent abusers, the sexually immoral, and those who worship false gods. They're not going to get away with it forever. Someday will be payday. But don't miss out on this truth. Instead of hoping and waiting for somebody to get theirs, it's more, it's more about praising God for His faithfulness instead of cheering because somebody finally got what we thought they had coming. There's no faith in rejoicing because somebody else finally got the hammer dropped on him. Instead, when it comes to breaking out of a spiritual slump, it'll help if we realize as long as we're stuck in our funk, obsessing about others, and fuming about God not being fast enough or being fair enough, We'll never get out of that slump. We'll keep hitting that spiritual wall because we're just obsessing about what's going on around us instead of worshiping the God who is above it all. God's truth that helped Habakkuk out of his slump is seen in verse 4 of chapter 2. The nation that is evil and trusts in itself will fail, but the righteous will live by faith. You've probably heard that phrase before, haven't you? I want you to hear that, though, in a couple of different translations. The evil nation is very proud of itself and is not living as it should. But those who are right with God 
they will live by faith. Or another one, this message cannot help those who refuse to listen to it, but those who are good will live because they believe it. You see, God knew that Habakkuk was struggling with a crisis of faith that took him into a spiritual depression and slump. He needed to refocus his attention to help him escape that spiritual depression. That's why he reminded him, you've got to stop and listen to me. You need to write it down and make it part of the official permanent record. Take it for what it's worth. It's my word, and you can count on it. You can depend on it. Listen, write it down, and wait for it. God is not only aware of our spiritual slump, but he also knows why. It's because wicked men trust themselves alone, and they fall. But the righteous man trusts in me, and he will live. It's a great what-if phrase, that passage, isn't it? Because it, it marks out the stark contrast. You can either trust in yourself or you can trust in God. If you trust only in yourself, you'll fail. If you trust in God, you'll live. God considers us to be righteous when we learn to live life by trusting Him to be true to His Word. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, he says, It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. That means even when you're in a spiritual slump, during that downward slide when you can't seem to stop it, by faith you continue to listen for his guidance. When you're in that spiritual desert, by faith, you continue to count on what God said to write down. When you're in that spiritual box that you can't seem to get out of, by faith, you continue to wait for Him. Let's be honest. That's not easy. I know it. You know it. When it seems like God is ignoring us, it is not easy to wait for Him. But that's why Habakkuk starts out in chapter 1, verse 2, what I referred to last week. How long, O Lord, do I have to call out for help? I mean, if it was up to us, it should be just once, right? But Habakkuk says, how long, O Lord, do I have to call out for help? When will you listen to me? And that's the key. We want God to listen to us. We don't want to listen to God, especially when he tells us you have to wait for it. We want God to listen to us instead. In chapter 2, verse 20, you'll find the hook for your faith to hang on. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. God counts as righteous those who put their faith in him. Because they recognize that he is the Lord, not them. In our depression, we feel overwhelmed and helpless. And every now and then, we need that reminder, we're not God. 
every now and then, we need that reminder that He is God. He has taken His seat on the throne. He is the one who's in His holy temple. It's a settled, done deal. He's in control, not us. And because He is the Lord, enthroned in His temple, then we need to show Him the respect that He deserves. The Lord is in His holy temple. Let all the earth show reverence before Him. In a little more blunt mode, you might say it this way. Show God the respect He deserves. Shut your mouth. Stop whining. Stop yammering. Stop crying. Stop complaining. Just be quiet and listen to Him. Be quiet and remember what He said. Be quiet and wait for Him. That is the only way we'll ever break out of our spiritual slump. That's the only way to ever break through that spiritual wall that stops us in our walk with God. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to learn more about Marysville Christian Church and connect with us, be sure to go to our website, marysvillechristian.org. If you are near the Marysville area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday morning. We have our Bible study classes at 9 a.m. and our regular worship service is at 10 a.m. Our address is 17,000 Waldo Road, Marysville, Ohio, 43040. Our phone number is 937-642-9838. Email is office at marysvillechristian.org.